It's the Pikey and Lout Show, Talking Taipans. Chris Pike and Alex Loughton come to you with everything that is 100% Taipans. Let's go. It's Talking Taipans. Hello and welcome to 2021. And we're back here on Talking Taipans. That's the Pikey and Lout Show. And all of a sudden, we're within days now of the NBL season starting. It's been the longest preseason in history, but it's finally over and we've got some NBL games to look forward to here in Cairns. I'm Chris Pike, back for another year here on the show, and I'm joined, my pleasure to be joined by the Cairns Taipans legend himself, Alex Loughton. Lowes, thanks for joining me. Hey, g'day, Pikey. Great to be back, and boy, I wouldn't want to be part of that uh, longest off-season in history, uh, but uh, here we are, and uh, game's right around the corner. Can't wait. This episode of the Pikey and Lowes Show is proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio. Less pain, more life. And Statton's Plumbing Company. Plumbers who care. Yeah, so much to look forward to and so much to cover on our first show here now of 2021 here on the Pikey and Lowes Show. But before we get to any any of that, um, our hearts are a little bit, bit heavy as we, as we sit here and record this, Lowes, because... Somebody who's had a massive impact on, well, Cairns in general, let's be, let's be honest, because of his, his, his business interests, but on the Taipans um, more specifically and probably as big an impact just about as anybody on the club who hasn't actually stepped on the court. So the, we had the unfortunate passing of Ross Moller on the weekend. Um, it, it took, I think it took everybody by, by shock. I don't think anyone was expecting it. it and he's just such a great person. Been involved in the Taipans organisation for in so many different ways as a board member, as a treasurer, and just as a great supporter. I know both both myself and, and you, Laos, have had individual dealings with him that, that made that made this a, a a pretty tough a tough announcement to, to take once we heard it. Um, so I'd like to dedicate this first show of twenty twenty one here or talking Taipans, the Pikey and Laos show too. To the amazing legacy of, of Ross Moller and and that's making a celebration of his life as well because there was there was a lot to celebrate and it was it was tough news to take when you when you first heard it wasn't it wasn't Laos? Yeah, look, absolutely, and and certainly, uh, you know, echo your sentiments of uh, dedicating this uh, episode to uh, to the memory of Ross Moller, and and certainly a huge contributor to the Taipans club, and and most fans won't realise uh, his impact um, and what he was able to uh, deliver for the club on so many occasions. It wasn't just um, the auctioning off jerseys for a charity; it was it was so much more than that, and countless hours um, and uh, you know days and months uh, when you add it all up in terms terms of service uh, voluntarily to the club. Uh, certainly in my nine years, um, I, I really feel like uh, he was such a strong supporter of mine personally and, and we grew close as mates um, and, uh, you know, just, just some characters around where with with my folks, my mum and dad in Perth, um, you kind of gravitate to kind of those those um, pseudo parents kind of thing, and I and I have a a, a nice couple in Cairns that are uh, kind of fill that role, but also guys like Ross Moller, I really looked up to, and from a business sense, I really wanted to learn so much uh, from him because uh, I you know I only knew the the fake world of basketball and elite sports; it wasn't the real world or the corporate world, which I would have had to uh, transition to as I was you know finishing. My 
my career there. Uh, but certainly, um, you know, he's, he's a few years younger than my dad. So, you know, I, I kind of looked up to him and, um, and, you know, just really enjoyed those moments, those coffee catch-ups uh, with him uh, where we talk hoops, we talk business, um, you know, and uh, just you know, to have that kind of connection cut short. I mean, for me personally, um, it's, it's just it just heart, it's a heartbreaker and, and it's and it's just hits you in the pit of your stomach. Um, just, you know, thinking about how sudden everything is and, and certainly, you know, the, the deepest condolences to the family who, who were all supportive of basketball and hoops and myself as well. Like it, it wasn't just Ross, it was the whole family that was involved. That's the thing, um, you know, through LJ Hooker, um, who his his kids work there and, and uh, his uh, wife as well, Des. And, you know, it was, it was a family business and then it was family support at the games. Um, and uh, it's just just an incredibly sad situation um, but you know we, we, we celebrate what he was able to uh, achieve and, and contribute uh, certainly in a basketball sense but you, you're right the broader community the business community in Cairns it, it's a huge loss because uh, he was involved with so many other aspects of this this town um, that that provided things um, you know like uh, I think about the Cairns Cup and the amateurs and things that you know stuff outside of basketball where he was he was on the board of of getting uh, that awesome event um, going and, and continuing on. Um, you know, not only in, uh, was he with LJ Hooker for so many years as the principal of the, um, the the business there, he was also president of the board of LJ Hooker Australia for a time. So, you know, it's a massive, it's a massive um, uh, resume in the business sector. And I, I certainly looked up to him for that and, and wanted to, you know, learn so much. Uh, but, you know, as uh, only a, a year and a half into my life after basketball, um, you know, ha- have that connection cut short, and um, you know, it's it's certainly uh, a, a, you know to be able to dedicate one this episode to it, but. I, I think the whole club is reeling from this end and will be going out there um, from game one, uh, I'm sure, with the thoughts um, of, of Ross uh, in their minds. And certainly from a club level, um, this, this season would be dedicated to, to Ross for sure. Yeah, it's really well said, Laos. And I guess from, from my point of view, my dealings, I guess, weren't as, as long as yours with him. But sometimes people, just by showing that they support what you do and actually think what you do is worthwhile. It can actually mean a lot. And I'm, I'm actually glad that I got to tell him that late last year. And I, I, was, I was able to tell him that it meant a hell of a lot to me that he was willing to support me. And he thought enough of my work to, to make, make me able to continue to work with the Taipans. So going, going back sort of 18 months and it looked like I might not be able to continue on my, my work with the club just through, I guess, the financial position, the, the club w- was in, um, but but Ross Ross stepped up and just said, "Look, I think this guy's work is worth us having and worth worth paying for, and I would I'm willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that my work is still being able to be used by." So you so you were able to have a few written pieces um, come to light because Ross made it viable. Well, is that, is that what you're saying as a as a sports writer? To be honest, I wouldn't have last year. I wouldn't have worked for the Taipans at all if it wasn't for Ross and. And on, on the back of that, um, we wouldn't have had a show here if it wasn't because I was working with the Taipans as well. So, I mean, the flow-on effects of what Ross did just by supporting me was, was massive. And, you know, every couple of weeks um, throughout the last season, I was able to, to stay in touch with him and just tell him how grateful I was. And he would always send me, 
you know, messages of, of support. And, and now coming to this season, I know that he'd, he'd already reached out and wanted to make sure that I was still going to be on board. So, I mean, it, I guess when you work like I do as a, as a freelancer and sometimes it feels like you're a little bit of a mercenary and you don't actually get to build real relationships with people, they sort of pay you to do the work you do and you kind of go 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 about your business. But but with, right. with Ross, you can just... To have that support, it just made the world to me because I don't I don't get that a lot. I, I usually only hear from people if they've got a complaint. But for, <laughs> actually, for, for Ross to actually think that my work was worth paying for yeah. out, of his, yeah. out of his own pocket and, and he actually wanted to make it happen, it, it just meant the world to me. So I'm, I'm glad I did get to tell him that. I mean, you, you never, I guess you, you just never take for granted yeah. when, when you'll ever get to talk to somebody again. So oh. it just goes to show if you've got something to tell somebody, tell them when you're thinking about it. So I'm Absolutely. glad the last thing that I ever said to him was that, oh, was thank you, just really, just thank you. And it means the world to me that you supported me and, and wow. I'll, I'll never I'll never forget him. I'll never forget him for that. Yeah. I, I, and I, I never really thought about, you know, the, what the last thing I sort of said, like, and I didn't really get to sort of thank him, I guess, for everything. But I just assumed that, you know, we'd just be able to catch up and talk hoops and, and talk stuff. Like, he, he loved to be a part of the action. So, I, I know that meant, a, that meant a lot to him for, for us to have those chats and to talk hoops and players and, and uh, games and things. And, you know, he, he just loved to, to hear about hoops and Taipan. So, you know, I know that meant a whole lot to him. Um, but yeah, to, I guess I never actually, you know, you never officially think. Well, I better say thanks because this might be the last time. But you just don't don't sort of think of that. But it's it's certainly it's certainly a great um, thing. What you're saying is that if if someone is important in your life, like let them know. Like it's uh, you know it's it's certainly life can be very unpredictable and um, uh, and yeah, it, it's it's a tough situation right now. But like uh, you know, he would want us to to keep this thing going and obviously that for the club uh, they're going to push forward with 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 uh, great strength knowing that he would want them to be playing their hearts out because uh, he, he just loved the action he, he loved being a part of the action so um, you know the top ends will 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 play uh, to, to the best that they can in in memory of Ross for sure yeah, it's a, it's funny because knowing knowing him a little bit he would be he'd be embarrassed that we're we're spending this much time on our on our show talking about him, but that's the, it's the least we can do. And and no, you know, knowing how much you love the Taipans and coming into this season, if in a few months' time they could win a championship and dedicate it to Ross, that would be an amazing thing. And to be honest, I think it's actually a, a real possibility. Well, it is. I mean, let's let's uh, delve into, I guess, uh, part of the roster or the full roster and uh, all the implications of that. Uh, do you want to do you want to lead that off, Pikey? Yeah, absolutely. I mean the. The great thing about what this Taipans team now of 2021 is looking like is that it stability. Stability is the key to any successful successful club, and that's what this Taipans team has now got. I mean, it was such a an incredible ride last season, but quite often when a team like that has a has a has a breakout season, suddenly you know the players and the stars of that team get huge offers elsewhere, and they they don't come back and. And you know some of your young guns get taken from other clubs, and and you just can't build on that momentum. But the the most exciting thing for the Taipans now is that the stability is there um, because of the league dropping back from, to two imports from three imports. Naturally, one of the imports couldn't come back, which was always going to be very difficult because Scott Machado, Cam Oliver, and 
and DJ Yuba were such massive parts of the Taipan success last season. But unfortunately, it's DJ Yuba that, that doesn't come back. But let's take a positive approach. Scott Machado and Kim Oliver are coming back, and they were two of the best players in all of the NBL last season. So that's a massive boost for the Taipans. But I think equally as big of a boost is that the rest of the core group is is back as well. So we've still got Nate Jowai coming back, and he's committed to finishing his, his career now with the Taipans, which I think is a is a ma- massive yeah. massive thing. Jared yeah. Kenny's come back, minus the mullet, which is incredibly disappointing. George yeah. George Blagojevic is back. Mirko Jerick is back. Coat Noy is back, and I can't wait to talk about him because his season was 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 really curtailed by injury last year. But gee, what we're seeing yeah. from him right now is really exciting. Fabian Krislovic, he's he continues to improve. Majuk Deng is a is a really underrated player. So all of those guys are back. But then we've also added Jordan Natai from the New Zealand Breakers, who's capable of playing some really, really important and effective minutes. And then, for the first time, the Taipans have got a next star player in, Mahave King as well, who has an NBA future, clearly. So to sum that all up, it's unfortunate to you to lose DJ Newbel, um, but we've added Mahave King and Jordan Natai, and, and pretty much everybody else is back, which... I think is the best possible result from from this off season. Well, you're right. The, every time that the uh, the team has had some pretty good success, those those stars, those imports, kind of priced themselves out of the uh, the budget. Sometimes priced themselves out of the league, um, and it has happened uh, pretty much all the time. This is the strongest Taipans team that they've ever returned after a successful season. So, great point. That 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 is that is the biggest thing for me. This is the strongest Taipans team they've ever returned after a successful season. And the reason is exactly as you mentioned, Scotty Machado, obviously first team, um, you know, second in, in MVP votes of the league last year. So all NBL first team, of course, uh, 7.5 assists. You know, what I, you know what I love is when, when a player resigns and the agent can't wait to tell everyone the news. So Mogul Sports let slip of a re-signing a long time ago, about six months ago, and then uh, the time man said, whoa, 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 no, 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 nothing to see here. And I'm sure they're back getting on the blower. Uh, Mogul Sports, you need to pipe down because we've got to get, let the timing happen as it would. Like, let's just hold the horses. Um, and, uh, you know, Scotty Machado was still in cans for a numerous months after COVID hit and the season finished. And, um, you know, I mean, why go back to New York when... It was just exploding over there with COVID, so it was safer to be here um, and didn't have any like immediate sort of family, wife, or kids, that, you know, in New York or anyone waiting. So it was just safest and you to be playing basketball anywhere else. You couldn't be playing. You could you get some training in, and and uh, apart from that, it was um, you know just it, just staying in lockdown here, I guess, in in uh, in lovely Cairns. Um, obviously, he played a bit of a basketball tournament in the off-season just to stay in shape with the armored athlete. Um, but uh, look, I mean, he's the biggest sort of signing um, for for the club here because, one, he's, his, his NBA aspirations, like as an older player, you start to think that, that window is starting to close up. Um, is he is he fast enough at the, his position in the NBA? Um, you know, he's pretty effective down here. And, um, you know, whether or not that window is completely closed, I'm not sure. But he's excited to sign for two years. So that tells you something. That, t- that says... 
I don't want to go to Europe. It says, I want to play in a really high caliber league right here in Australia. Uh, the people are so welcoming. Um, the, the, the town is great. It's the tropics. Like, what's there not to like? Um, you know, you might even enjoy those smaller, the smaller town feel after, you know, coming from New York and all that. So Europe's off the cards. Great place to be in Australia. Um, the contracts obviously hit hit that high note, um, and he's happy, which is a big thing. This is your floor general. This is your conveyor of the coach on the floor, and he's a mature um, brain. He's a basketball brain. He he smashed the assists, um, league leader in assists last year by you know more than one or two, I think, for the next the next player on that list. So I mean, this is this is your absolute pillar uh, for the Taipans. So. So look for good things um, from Scotty Machado this year as a you know more mature, more settled, more hungry to appease that loss uh, of the semi-finals against Perth, a team that they beat, who went on to win the championship. They know how close they can be. Um, Cameron Oliver. Obviously, an Israel stint um, just for a short period of time. Everyone sort of thought, "Oh no, he's signed in Israel." It's like, well, hang on, he, he's just signed for a you know a couple months. Like, it's it's just some way to keep the fire um, stoked a bit before he unleashes uh, and improves upon his eight to nine rebounds that came last year mm-hmm. and his All NBL second team uh, nod. Uh, last season as well so um look he's uh he's undersized right he's about six nine but his athleticism makes up for him being undersized however you can a lot of the league can suddenly go small ball so he could be at the five as a six nine athletic um dude and you can bring him uh Majok, they'll probably start this way is in at the four oliver at the five um he's athletic enough to hold down the taller player uh, he's certainly strong enough to to hold his position against the the taller heavier kind of player um we'll yeah, he's see. probably now the best plot, shot blocker in the league too with will maintain well yeah yeah, yeah. Um, leading, well, yeah, Magne was the leading shot blocker, wasn't he, with yeah. uh, two to three game. But I think um, Oliver was pretty close behind. Now, the question the question is, is the question part. So, a Jock Landale type is a 6'11", pretty athletic for, for a white guy. Um, you know, he, he's long and athletic and uh, very effective and some great things from Landau from the boomer side of things, right? So, so this is a highly tab. This is who you're up against. Whenever you, whenever you have your star player at any position, they 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 go straight to like a um, who else is going to be effective and who's going to be guarding the Jock Landau's of the league? Who's going to be guarding the Bryce Cottons of the league? They say, who are you going to put on that guy? And they say, well, okay, well we're going to put Oliver on on Landau. Now, is there going to be that height? difference is that going to be um, a a question mark on how well Oliver can produce this season uh, with players like that that do have slightly unique but still very effective um, uh, playing games so that's an interesting matchup for me Landale versus Oliver and who will who will win in a postseason game uh, when it's when it's the grindy sort of a, a series so they're the kind of ones you look for now we can talk about more of that a bit later on but Oliver huge signing two years as well so same as Machado and he's a young guy this is he's a 24 year old turning 25 totally different to Machado so his NBA NBA window is still um, available like very much open so he had that injury and it's come out of it Um, I'm sure with these two year contract there's an NBA out clause that have to be uh, you'd be silly not to have any of that kind of stuff in there of course Um, so his so his 
his star is still rising in terms of that and still has opportunity for NBA, absolutely. So I guess uh, the the right point to say there's a massive hole left by Newbel's absence, 19 points a game, the, the type end leading scorer. People will underestimate his impact because... The Charter and Oliver set things up so good and drew so much attention. It's not to say Newbel can't score on his own. He can. He's got moves. But he was also at the feeding end of, uh, you know, balls delivered on a, on a platter uh, to be consumed uh, at the table of, of Machado. So certainly Machado would, would be the instigator for a lot of these plays, but Newbel would put the finishing touches, if not take over the big moments himself. Um, and it's a huge, it's a huge uh contribution that will probably lead into these next two players I want to talk about, Kuat Noi and Mojave King. Mm -hmm. So, Noi, you mentioned curtailed by injury last season. Just expand on what your thoughts were on on that whole injury and his production. Yeah, well, I thought he started last season, his rookie season, really strongly, and then he he got his injury and we thought it was going to be a a short-term Injury and it just it just dragged on and on and on and he would have ended up missing, I reckon seven or eight weeks of the season. At, at I, I reckon it ended up being being that long. And when he came back, he contributed, but he just wasn't wasn't quite in the same shape and confidence level and and everything that he had been in the first part of the season. So I I don't think we ever quite saw the best of him. But I think clearly um, this yeah. off season has been kind to him. His body looks in. In better shape, closer to an NBA type body now, and yep. his shooting has improved, and he looks like he's a more more composed player. There were there were times last year where I felt like he was a little bit rushed in everything he did, but it's only preseason. But what we've seen so far, he looks yeah. like a he looks much closer to now the finished product than he, he did. I thought twelve months ago. Well, the ankle injury wasn't a normal ankle sprain. When you mm. when you roll your ankle, it's that low kind of area of your ankle. You roll it, and it, you know it bounces back a bit, or you have a bit of um, tendon or ligament damage. Now, this was a high ankle sprain. It's not a. It wasn't a normal, typical one, and it was one that was only subtle, but it would just hang. It would the injury would just hung around like you said, and it, it wasn't an unknown type of thing. It was just one of those hard things to manage. So then he's probably getting frustrated. And then when do I come back? It feels fine. And then I go to do something, and then it's not quite right. And then you end up playing these games where you're half nursing a you know a, this thing that's sitting on your mind, and then you start to second guess: Can I actually do what I want? What my what I, my mind thinks I can do, as opposed to what my body is allowing me to do. Yeah. And uh, I can certainly tell you, <laughs> tail end of a career, you'll you'll learn really quickly what you can and can't do, and it's frustrating as hell. <laughs> um, but he is he has come back renewed, and he has come back aggressive and hungry, and that's the thing. I you're right in that he he was rushing some stuff last year. Like I remember a couple of games he would just launch some like four or five threes in the first quarter, yep. and almost like he tried to get established with the threes. But then the next game it was it was getting on transition, getting easy buckets, and then a couple of threes. Yeah. I, I think he's got to do his strengths first, and then not to be trying to rush things to get 
to get the three ball happening as if that that's what gets him going. He gets going by those um, those those transitional buckets, those driving in and extending with his athleticism and length, getting those easy cheapies, and then a couple of effort plays. Great offensive rebounder, which I think gets him going well, too. And that's the effort plays. So so then he can he can get himself going with it with the stuff that he's best at, and then pot away from three if you're feeling it, which he was in the in the preseason game yeah. against Adelaide. Um, so and in both games he he was aggressive. But that preseason game versus Adelaide in that first quarter, he he was unstoppable in the in the first. He was doing everything from getting himself going, like I said, in trans. But he was he was knocking down threes as well. So I mean, those threes that you, it will come in bunches, but you don't want to start with that. You don't want to just go, all right, I need a I need to rattle off three or four threes here to get myself going. Nah, I think I think you're right. I think he's I think he's figured out that first year was yeah, a bit up and down. He can really focus in now on what he does best, and I think that's going to go along way in improving from 11 points a game to a very handy maybe it's a 14 points a game type of uh, situation and that 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 takes care of a few uh, part of the the new bull uh, vortex that's left behind now the second part of the vortex that's hopefully going to get filled and uh, we'll touch on his exact replacement. So, Newbill's going to be replaced at the two by most likely Kenny and, or Jerick to start the season. But I want to talk about Mojave King right now because this is a guy that could play at the same time as Kuatnoi. So, they, they tried out a bit in the preseason. I think they're still feeling out the combinations. Um, but you can play Mojave uh, King and Noi at the same time. King has, is very athletic, very... Oh, he's not raw at all. He, he's he's pretty polished and and he's long. And I think he really suits that two spot. Um, and very highly regarded in terms of NBA draft prospects for next year. Um, obviously, Josh Giddey at Adelaide would be the the highly highest touted next star um, at the moment, and the first Aussie next star to sign. Well, the next yeah. Aussie next star that was signed after Giddy was Mojave King. So he is a massive coup for one the Taipans. He's a massive coup for this league, um, and he's he just shown like a huge ceiling huge ceiling because he can hit the three he's unstoppable in transition he's already um you know had some big numbers in the preseason he was a bit quiet against adelaide there's quite a few games back to back um i know melbourne really roughed him up purposefully in that closed door game um and adelaide you know he put up some big numbers against that adelaide closed door game as well but once we hit that fourth preseason game um, he was a little bit quiet but I don't think that was any sign of concern or anything like that um, he, he looks he looks really good and I think he's 18 as well um, yeah, yeah. so the exciting thing for the league is that the the eyes of on Lamelo Ball last year, and we think, man, how it's how cool is that an eighteen year old from the US can come over here, do well, and then get drafted uh, where he did, and you know. But now we've got the Aussies uh, in that same spot. We've got Aussies that are talented enough to be touted in the top ten, if not higher, depending on how well they play this season. So. Uh, I, he's not to be underestimated, and he could very well fill uh, a, a twelve to sort of fourteen point hole, um, you know, quite comfortably with with the way he plays and his height advantage on other two men in the league uh, could could give some veteran stars uh, some trouble. Um, so you can't you, tell over a, a Bryce Cotton. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, and I'm thinking even 
the, the players like a Mitch McCarron are going to have to prove yeah. with strength that, that he can get it done um, because he's going to have to really uh, body up on him because he's going to lose on height advantage with a guy like Mojave King. Now, McCarron's got all the tricks of the trade and he's a grown man. Like, that's the thing. These these next stars are coming into grown man territory. Like, dudes have got to put food on the table for their, you know, for their families. Like, uh, uh, that that's that's part of the lure of this league. It's a tough league, you know, and it's, it's a tough competition. So, they, you make a grown man out of you to, to do well in this league and that certainly puts yeah. you in a good stead for, uh, for NBA contention as well. Um, yeah. Next up on my list, so let's let's go straight to Jarek and Jared Kenny. So filling the starting position, let's say for the Taipans, and filling in um, that uh, role that DJ Newbell would have had last season. So these guys are, are steady head, mature um, players that know this game. They know the league. Um, very comfortable being in that sort of starting role. Um, Kenny, obviously, Tall Blacks, um, you know, championships with the Wildcats, championships in New Zealand, coming fresh off a New Zealand championship um, with teammate Jordan Naitai and uh, development player Jordan Hunt, who also joins the Taipans. But Kenny, um, you know, a journeyman, and he, he knows the, he has a sense of occasion to really provide stability. Does he have the 14 points a game? No, I don't think so. And I think he knows that's not his strength. But what he does bring is, is that unity and that extra floor general um, that can really dictate, you know, what's going on on the floor and also be that voice for coach so so i'd say he'd be he around be that a really good defender as well because newville obviously defensive player of the year um so we need someone to step up defensively and, and jared can do that yeah absolutely absolutely he brings that toughness to the defensive end and, and that's going to be needed certainly against the, those matchups that newville would have had um so yeah, I mean he's 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 going to be a, a solid piece, and but he'll also know his limitations. He knows he's not going to go for thirty uh, and and catch fire and things like that. Now, Jerick is a different kind of animal. I think he has the ability to certainly go off in spurts for for various games. He you know he can catch fire. That three ball ratchet's going to be locked and loaded, uh, and he's going to be hungry as well. And since the if he doesn't get busy early on in the season, he could lose minutes on the the floor as King and Noy are fighting for these these um, you know these uh, crumbs of of extra time on the on the hardwood. So um, I think Jerick's going to be he's he's got to have to be hungry, but also be be poised enough to let it come to him without getting too frustrated if things don't happen straight away. So I, I honestly times cunning. Well, that, I mean, but that's his also part of his that's his makeup. Great, like, yeah. yeah, because because you want a guy that's fiery. You want a guy that yeah. gets his nose in everyone else's business on the opposition, and 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 you know that's the toughness that that you need. So you you do you start with a fiery guy that that's going to get the crowd going. That's going to get your teammates' juices like firing. Um, you know, it's a it's a handy weapon to have, and he he certainly shouldn't underestimate what he brings to the table in that regard. Um, that's almost where his starting point is like get getting someone's grill and you know and then and then rally your guys like get the five guys on the floor 
um, connected and then let's roll with the punches and, and let's, let's do battle. You know, maybe he's the guy that you start. Maybe, maybe Coach Kelly does a few games with each of Kenny and Jarek and then, and then sends in on that second wave. Mojave King, is that the best combination? So you've got a scoring punch off the bench. Uh, you've got options of that starting five, uh, for scoring galore. So, uh, there's certainly, certainly a lot of interesting ways this could play out. I, I think Coach Kelly will go with that stability of uh, Kenny or Jerry, let's say, as opposed to um, a King and Noy lineup to start the season. But certainly by the end of these eight games, we're going to see where the cookie crumbles and what's going to be the best options uh, for the tight end sort of moving forward and into that bubble phase, I guess, wherever the heck that, that will be. <laughs> um, um, would you yeah. have Noy starting in the three right now? Is that is that the lineup? Yeah, I've got... Yeah, I, I would do that. I would personally, I would start Machado. I would start Kenny. I'd start Noy at the three. I'd go Deng at the four and Oliver at the five. Yeah, it's, it's a nice punch to then be able to bring in Jarek and King and Jawa, isn't it? That, that's pretty handy. Yeah, absolutely. And and um, no, Joe had some good minutes as well. He's he's going to demand attention, uh, and he's more than capable of being a facilitator if he has to in the post where double teams start to uh, hedge towards him. He's got good eyesight and good uh, court awareness to find players. And certainly, as his um, motor isn't as strong as what it you know used was uh, one time, he's certainly going to be more cagey and more efficient with uh, with what he does with the rock. So. Uh, the great thing for him as well is there's less and less genuine big guys in the league as well. So I think that's going to work to, to his advantage. Well, if you've got unique players, if you've got unique yeah. talents, then you can, you've got options. If you've got everyone that's the same, um, you know, then you're sort of beating your head against the wall sometimes trying to figure out how we're going to, how we're going to get a, a, you know, the edge on a team. So um, whilst we're in the uh, front court, I guess Majok Deng just sat out that second preseason game, just a slight foot complaint, um, nothing to worry about there, but certainly you don't want to push a guy through a preseason when a uh, game when he doesn't have to. Uh, but he, you know, he goes from seven points a game in Adelaide to eleven or twelve, I think it was last season. Twelve point, twelve point three points a game, uh, at close to forty percent from three point uh, land, and uh, chipping in for that four point two rebounds per game. Like he's he. He's enjoying his uh, uh, newfound uh, time on the floor and position, I guess, as a as more of a leading role um, compared to the, the Adelaide days uh, where he sort of started out. But uh, you know, and he's proven himself. Um, so he, he's a he's a big player. He's a big player for this club for this season. Um, certainly, when the game's up and down and got a fast pace, you know, he's more than capable of of um, you know being in that kind of environment. Absolutely. Really like the development of 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 George and, and and Fab as well. I'm really glad that both of them have come back. I'm really glad that they both look like they've continued to develop, and I'm I'm really glad that they're both going to be able to continue to do this with the Taipans because they they've earned this chance at the Taipans. I'm glad they didn't get poached by another club, and I really like what I've seen in the preseason from both of them because they're going to be able to play some important minutes, even if technically they're the ninth or tenth man on the roster. There, they're going to be very handy. Well, Chris Levick, um, he's, uh, I thought he, he's played some awesome minutes last season and uh, it's been a handy uh, pick and pop, uh, you know, stretching the floor with that three-point range. Uh, but he's also been up above the rim finishing some nice uh, drop-offs from, uh, from guard. So in this athletic 
uh, league, um, you know, you've got to finish above the rim or you're getting your, your shot blocked. It wasn't the case uh, back, you know, when I was playing so much. Um, but but certainly right now, you're not going to get into postseason play unless you're you're, you're finishing above the rim. And, and um, you know, I think he's, he's going to have a bit of an evolution, um, you know, with this season's play as well. I thought he had some real handy minutes in um, in the preseason. And, and it's those effort areas that he brings. It's it's those second chance opportunities. Uh, that's that's where his game uh, gets him going, I guess. Uh, you, you get yourself going with your strengths. And right now, what he can bring when he checks on the floor is um, just those effort and uh, hustle plays, uh, which uh, which is going to be a huge, huge boost for this club. Um, so I'm looking forward to what he can bring to the table this, this season and, and grow in more... Um, uh, maturity as well as confidence, um, not second guessing himself, and and really, really just going. I'm going to go for this. You know, there's going to be other players come in, um, and you know he's not going to die wondering. He's going to he's going to give it everything he's got, his heart and soul in it, and uh, he's certainly going to give his best effort at, at all times. You can you can guarantee his buy in is through the roof at, at every 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 team that he's been on. So um, looking forward to Chris Levick this year, um, and of course Blagojevic. Um, you know, from Geelong, and had uh, you know familiar with coach Jamie O'Loughlin, uh, came up here through um, uh, Marlins, uh, and you know saw the floor 16, 16 times last year. So you hit you know uh, clocks and minutes for sixteen games uh, last season, and I think he's um, you know he's a he's a long uh, athletic body at the two or the three, um, and we saw a, a massive block. I forget who it was. It was on Golding, I think, and he sent it, um, and that's what he can do. He, defensively, he would be um, a nightmare for those smaller twos of the league, so it ends up being a handy go-to combination. If you've got uh, – he's a, I think he's taller than Chris Levick, to be honest. I think he actually is. Yeah, I think he is. I think you're right, yeah. I think he's like 6'9 and a half and, yeah. six, nine, and Fab's, Fab's like 6'9. So it's deceptive because he's a two. You think he can handle the rocks. You're like, well, what is he, 6'5, six, 6'6? Six, six? No, he's 6'9 and a half. So he, he can finish above the rim as well. And uh, right hand or left hand. He's uh, And he's, he's a cool, calm customer. Uh, you know, he, he's not going to be the guy that's yelling um, you know Serbian obscenities uh, to himself or, or to his teammates, but he's certainly going to be um, in the action and, and extra effort areas as well, uh, much like uh, Chris Levick as well. So um, I, I think I think this squad is sound. I think this is handy. Um, we can touch base on the development guys in, in perhaps the next episode with Jordan Hunt, Tad Duffelmy, Cohen Sapwell. Uh, and training those two are training players, Tad and Cohen and, and Jordan Hunt, just just holding down the only development sp- uh, player role. Uh, and then of course, Kai Statman's a training player in there as well, who we're very familiar with uh, that pedigree. So um, there's some good peripheral players in there. But let's maybe say that for another episode, if you yeah, sure. if you will. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But just quickly, stability yeah. in the playing group, but also the coaching staff. That's just crucial, isn't it? 
I think so. I mean, Mike Kelly, 59 games, uh, coach of the year, um, coming into his third season. Um, just just been solid as a rock, hasn't he, uh, for this club. Um, Jamie O'Loughlin, the first assistant, um, he's been there longer than Coach Kelly, of course, and, um, you know, always doing the, the, the Marlins team as well as the, the Taipans commitment, and it's a huge it's a huge time commitment. Like People don't realize how many hours is spent <laughs> breaking down video, talking with players, you know, just the stuff that happens on the road as well is huge. Uh, Lennon, Plus uh, those Brad, seasons are going to cross over this year. Sorry, this, those seasons will cross over as well this year, so that's going to be interesting. Oh. How, he, how he juggles that. Yeah, absolutely. Look, and and Brad Hill, second assistant in there. He's been there for um, quite, uh, four, I want to say four. Third season is it? Sorry, third season. Uh, and at least, yeah, and at least it, one more. Yep. And then Lennon Smart coming over from the Perth Wildcats, um, uh, you know, huge commitment and, and work within the uh, Cairns Basketball uh, Club. Um, so the association, sorry, Cairns Basketball uh, Incorporated there at the stadium in Ormala. So for, so for all of the, the external basketball uh, scheduling and things like that, uh, he's involved with so many teams with that as well as the type ends commitment. So uh, he's entrenched in um, just the hard work of breaking down games and and just being a you know the the assistance uh, to to coach Kelly of course so between the four of them um, they've got a, a whole bunch of games under their belt and playing wise as well as coaching wise um, and it's solid to retain coaching staff as well I mean you retain players but it's also great to have coaches um, on for the next year for continuity as well isn't it absolutely it's crucial it's crucial. This episode of the Pikey and Lowes Show is proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio. Less pain, more life. And Staten's Plumbing Company. Plumbers who care. Okay, now we've talked about how how impressed we are with how the squad's looking. Um, I, obviously, coming into any NBL season, we're asked to sit down and make our predictions. And I'm, I'm not just saying this because we're... Here on talking Taipans, but I, I, when I've made my championship prediction for this season elsewhere, um, I've said the Cairns Taipans. So I'm not just saying it because we're here on on talking Taipans. So I legitimately think this Taipans team will win the championship this season. Um, are you as as upbeat as that, or how do you think this team's going to go? Well, certainly when I heard the whispers of Machado and Oliver um, being pretty much signed away barring the announcement, I certainly feel like this is the best chance that this club has ever had to win a championship. And you don't retain that quality of players without raising some serious eyebrows about how good this team could could produce. Um, You know, so I, I think... I think this this team can actually do it. Um, obviously, other teams have loaded up on with their rosters as well. Melbourne United being praised for um, you know the the group that they've put together. Um, mm. You know, we don't even need a second import. They said, <laughs> and then Jock Landau saying we won't even lose a game. He said, like uh, that's uh, that pricks up my ears a bit. I'm like, oh, here we go. Um, they certainly got a great lineup, and um, you know, two Boomers teammates for Melbourne. But I think they, I think Melbourne will be solid. Um, uh, I, I think the Taipans have a every bit of chance. 
am I going to actually say they're going to win the championship? Why not? I think I think yeah, they've I think they've got they've got to capitalise on the start of this season to to really put themselves in a position where they're a front runner. They have to capitalise on getting W's early because other teams would not have got um, their uh, their mojo together just yet. They need time for that momentum to kick in for them to gel. But if um, the, the Taipans with home games as well as continuity and retaining so many good players, uh, their, their core sort of lineup, they have to get busy early and be relentless uh, to record these Ws on the board because it puts you in such an advantage to, to be in that front seat um, and uh, be pushing playoffs with the highest, the highest seed possible. Absolutely. Now, I want to ask you a follow-up to that shortly. But before I do, now... What do you make of the rest of the league? So coming into the season, these are the championship odds that have been beaten. Yep. Right. So we've got yep. Melbourne United three dollars twenty. Yep. Cairns Taipans three seventy. Yep. New Zealand Breakers five dollars. And we've got each of the Sydney Kings, the South East Melbourne Phoenix, and the Perth Wildcats at ten dollars. The yep. Hawks seventeen dollars. The Brisbane Bullets nineteen dollars. The Adelaide thirty sixes twenty six dollars. So out of that group, who do you see as the biggest biggest threats? The biggest threat. Mm. Anytime that a team like the Perth Wildcats can suddenly drop a player and bring in another three, you know, can bring in a random 300k player for a couple of months, it's going to yeah. tilt. It's going to tilt things late in the season. And once they hit the panic, once they hit the panic button and get 50k a month player to quickly save face, it, it can disrupt how things go. I don't think you can do that consistently and be in that, that top two. Um, so I think Melbourne United and the Taipans will finish in that uh, will be finishing the top two or top three. Um, outside of that, there's so many there, there are so many new imports as well which which are coming uh, from from really high caliber uh, resumes as well but I mean New Zealand I, I think has credential I'm just not sure with Sydney I think I think first year coaches so Adam Ford um, really highly regarded uh, assistant coach at Wildcats and assistant at Sydney was he Sydney Kings last year uh, under um, will Weaver. He's got the head coaching position. I don't. I think it takes a good three or four years for a brand new coach to really know really know what they want. And I don't think that in a first year you can have all the answers that you need to really push deep into the playoffs because it gets grindy. And you've got to know at the flick of a um, of a, uh, your hand that what what the next thing is that you got to do. So I'm saying that. Although Sydney have got some awesome talent, Casper Ware and a bunch of uh, you know imports, I know they had the injury to, to uh, Lazada, um, but I I think they're going to have a bit of an up and down kind of uh, season, to be honest. So I, I would see sort of Sydney in the middle of the pack, Southeast um, Melbourne Phoenix. Uh, I'm not sure if they've. We'll have it all together. Hawks could be the the surprise packet in terms of Gorgian, um, you know, super coach. Um, I I sort of feel like a there's a bit of a Wayne Bennett kind of a mm-hmm. coach in the league now. Like his huge credentials of national and um, you know championship sort of a pedigree and uh, you he's know never he's, missed the playoffs. Never missed the playoffs in his whole NBL career. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> 
he's he's going to be exciting off the floor as well. Or, or, uh, Gorgon, uh, he's such a character as well, and just so uh, a, a magnetic personality because he just he'll tell these stories and just be so such a loud American sort of mm-hmm. um, you know personality where players are just kind of drawn to the story or drawn to the fear of whatever he's going to you know yell at him for do it for not doing so. Uh, expect different sort of uh, uh, Hawks to be a bit of a disruptive kind of thing so they could bump themselves up up the line um, so yeah I think Perth Perth could sort of squeeze in that fourth or fifth spot around uh, the Hawks I think Adelaide had some good players that we haven't seen yet I'm looking forward to seeing Isaac Humphreys uh, he didn't play in that preseason game but Sloan uh, was, was solid for the 36ers so I mean they could be a surprise uh, as well um, Connor Henry's at the helm as head coach he's he's, uh, he's come a, yeah he's, his second his first year head coaching in the, this league was uh, 08 at the Wildcats uh, and um, my second year at the Perth Wildcats his second year coach the NBL is uh, was it uh, tw- twelve years later? I think it was. Uh, it could be thirteen years later. And he's since then, you know, won Coach of the Year in the G League. He's uh, had some. He's the assistant coach of the Orlando Magic. Like this guy, this guy's a different beast now as a head coach. So I'm interested to see what Adelaide can do under his uh, at him at the helm uh, and the players that they've got in. They didn't play uh, Tony Crocker and uh, or Humphreys and Sano and, and, and Deck. So. Connor Henry said that there was three of their starters that didn't play and they went down to the top ends by eight. Uh, so they're quietly confident that um, they should have a pretty good showing this year. Um, and, of course, uh, Coach Jamie Perlman with the Adelaide 36ers. So a nod to a former Taipan player um, and coach, uh, assistant coach. Um, so that's that's got some intrigue around it for me, uh, the Adelaide team. So Brisbane, I'm not sure about what's what how they will perform um, because... They had, a, they had a couple of losses to Adelaide, but supposedly they didn't send their full sort of squad uh, down there. They didn't have any imports by that stage either. Yeah, and they've got a, they've got a bit of a, a, a mix of players like a Sobe and a Froling together in the same team, two hotheads that yep. surely they've got to clash at some point. So. Oh, and Drimmick. And Drimmick, of course. So, yeah, I mean, it, uh, who, I think they might be like that box of chocolates on the, the Forest Gump. We're never sure what yeah. what what we're going to get there. But, um, uh, look, I think certainly Ty, um, Melbourne United and Taipans, um, New Zealand might round out that, that top sort of three. But Perth have the ability to leapfrog with a drop of a, a player and the re-signing of a former NBA vet. Um, Hawks might be the surprise packet. So Perth and Hawks maybe for four um, and five or six. Um, and then maybe 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 Sydney there at five, five or six as well. So yeah, I'm probably getting a bit confused with who's at the trail who's at the trail end. But uh, certainly, I think uh, Perth, Sydney, and Hawks in that four, five, six type of type of thing. Southeast Melbourne, yeah. Phoenix, and Brisbane sort of rounding out. Yeah, I think you. I think you're pretty much on the mark, Lowes, and and that's why um, I enjoyed your commentary for the preseason games up there in Cairns, and that's why I was equally disappointed this week when the NBL announced their official commentary team, and I didn't see Alex Thel. Uh, <laughs> yeah, wh- wh- why didn't my one day stint uh, make shockwaves around the around Australia? It was fun, man. It was it was fun to to call a game. Seriously, and- I thought you did a great job. You were, I thought you were fantastic. I appreciate it. We, we, it was it was fun. Obviously, the first one. Uh, As you know, I would tell you if you wanted to. 
yeah, 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 the harshest critic, harshest critic. No, they got a great, a great group of um, you know commentators. As you know, the the game, the play by play stuff is all centralised at the hub. Um, the, the, they've got players around the court for interviews and kind of hey, welcome to the stadium, and then it's over to the desk. Um, I mean, the, the fun part of it is is probably calling the game, obviously, um, and, and unless you're sort of at the hub and around those things, uh, those circles, then um, you're probably not in a geographical position to to be working your way to that point but I certainly enjoyed the experience and um, you know hopefully didn't put too much of a foot out um, and yeah if, if something was to ever happen or opportunity arise I certainly would would love to be a part of uh, the commentary team at some point I thought your I thought your insight and knowledge was was second to none I thought seriously you did a great job um, it fascinated to now talk about the Cairns pop-up arena as well it seemed to work well during the WNBL but obviously um, crowd-wise, that was a little bit different to what we're expecting now with the Taipans playing there. Um, what have you made of the arena so far? And is it is it going to hold up nicely during the, the NBL season proper? Well, I think I think it will. It's a, obviously retrofitted Bunnings. Um, there's a couple of uh, H-beams structurally that impinge the, the viewing for um, a couple of seats. Um, mm. the, the Taipan's obviously working tirelessly since the disappointment of the Cairns Convention Centre being delayed, um, and they've obviously worked closely with the local government. So they've had to stay tight-lipped uh, and certainly you know, make sure that um, the, the right uh, agreements are in place to make the the two and a half million dollar pop-up arena viable option and a go a green light so you know congratulations for the club and um i know curtis pitt was a huge part of that deal um and they 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 made it happen Uh, and it's a huge it's so much involved with that and i think they've done the best they could have out of the situation as bad as the situation is um you know, it, COVID's thrown even a bigger spanner in those works in terms of bubbles and away games and things. But yeah. nonetheless, the first well, well, the first two rounds are confirmed, aren't they? They did have eight eight games confirmed uh, at the at home. But um, it's it's a great thing for the club to be able to have the games in Cairns. It's great to be able to have the start of the season in Cairns and so many so many games early to hopefully um, get those Ws that I talked about based on their um, strong retention of uh, core group of players. Hopefully they, they can jump these other teams that haven't gelled yet and make and capitalise on that. Um, but uh, look, the pop-up arena, I think, is a very functional working um, workaround. They've got the 2,000 seats in. Um, I, I believe that the um, they'll be able to fill that to capacity, um, no problems. As uh, tickets went out sort of today, and memberships locked away today. Um, There's for a limit, the, is there right now? I think it can be can be filled up, can't it? Yeah, I think so. I, I think, think so. I think there's no COVID sort of limit, is there? No, there's obviously a, uh, a safety zone or I don't know if they call it a green zone, but there's, um, you know, the area of the court and the tunnel um, is, uh, you know, you've got to be have a strict uh, media pass or whatever to be yeah. in that zone uh, and that's face masks and that's everything. So the, the league's not taking any chances uh, and people have just got to be a bit, bit patient if they have to walk all the way around the other way to get to their seat because they're not allowed to pass that zone. Um, you know, it's just what it is. So, you know, I think um, a little bit of uh, patience, a little bit of consideration for so many changes that 
have taken place. Um, so fans that have their tickets, uh, just just be be patient and, and mindful, I guess, and thankful that the games can can continue on uh, in Cairns and um, not really lose a lose a beat. So I, I think it's a I think it's a pos- it's a huge positive for the club. Um, and a great workaround by those involved. Um, and, you know, I think it's like it's time to bring on the games. Bring on the games. Well, speaking of that, it's Saturday night. It's at that pop-up arena, as you, as you mentioned, and it's the Sydney Kings coming to town to play the Taipans for the season opener. Um, nice opponents to rock up. you got you got some pretty handy players there from the Kings. Diddy Lozada's back, Casper Ware's back. Um, you know, Daniel Kickett's part of that team. That's a... It's, a, it's still a star-studded squad, even if you do take out Andrew Bogut and, and Kevin Lynch and Jay Sean Tate, who's now starring in the NBA. Um, what are you expecting from this first game? Look, I think it's going to be Ware versus Machado is the uh, is the media attention, which is great. I think Casper Ware's probably got a point to prove from a, a disappointing finals uh, uh, performance last season. Um, so he'd be keen to reestablish uh, his uh, his hold on this on the league here, uh, and hopefully replicate his 2018 championship sort of days with uh, United. So uh, it's been possibly a few years of um, where he he probably will really be hungry. Uh, to re-establish. Uh, Machado will be waiting for him. Uh, he'll be ready uh, and he'll be excited. I mean, these are two strong, um, you know, superstars. Uh, I can't really wait to see how how all that action unfolds. Um, obviously, Jarrell Martin, um, he's going to be an interesting matchup uh, with uh, uh, Oliver, of course. Uh, I haven't seen personally... Um, much of what he can do. I mean, athletic and and high energy. You know, I think he's uh, he'll be he'll be fun to watch. I mean, both those guys battling it out will be fun to watch. Uh, and it's a shame David Cooks is out, uh, and obviously Vodanovic, um signed late as his replacement. Yeah. But uh, Lazada Lazada is going to look to impress. I mean, he had he he's uh, with a year under his belt. Um, he, he's going to be hungry as well. Kind of got that that noy hungry um, sort of vibe uh, that he's going to be looking to produce this season so he's certainly oh, sensing the isn't it? last year is your first year to next star i guess you're trying to develop to get an nba spot but now to to not have earned an nba spot he's kind of on his on his last chance almost to now impress so he has to be has to be hungry yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's you know without the attention of um, you know Bogut and and things like that, like and you know Daniel Kickett's getting older. Not not that he can't go, but uh, he's he's uh, you know he's pushing close to forty. Um, you know th- those kind of players. Um, you know they, they're going to be slowing down at some point. The, the team needs inspiration from young, energetic, athletic guys that can really put up um, numbers and deliver. Um, you know, especially at the start of the season. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's going to be he's going to be one of those guys. There's a couple of couple of young faces there. I mean, Craig Moller's kind of sitting sitting in there, and can he can he lift a bit now? I think he had a bit of a lull sort of last season. Um, you know, is he kind of losing that that spot where you know he needs to kind of lift a bit to reestablish himself as well? He might be looking for sort of a, a resurgence. Uh, I think as, as these other young players are edging closer to more minutes and things like that but but Brucey I think Sean Bruce is a big one for me because he'll probably start alongside uh Ware uh and and he's he's evolved hasn't he I think he's um he he just flourished under Will Weaver and I 
I'm spewing that he couldn't, um, you know, continue that relationship because it's a dream sort of uh, thing to have a coach that's that's so intuitive and, and uh, um, able to make get the best out of the players. And I think the players really really bought in um, to what Will Weaver was preaching. And the proof is in the pudding. He's now at the uh, Rockets um, as an assistant, and um, yeah, just uh, just awesome to see that. Um, and you know, but it's left a gaping hole for for guys that were looking forward to a second year uh, and building on what they did last year uh, in a topsy turvy grand final sort of series. So he's going to be big for them, I think. Leadership wise, um, he'll be able to uh, be be a pillar for for the Kings this season. You got the Taipans winning winning the game. I've got the Taipans winning this one. Um, I think that they're going to be hungry, and like I said, they've they've got to uh, assert some dominance early. Uh, I expect all guns blazing and maximum sort of strength and punch, and and anger at uh, finishing up last year the way they did. Not that they didn't do themselves proud by any stretch. They they certainly played awesome, uh, but that but that sour taste in your mouth that happens when you lose to the grand the end the final. Uh, champions of the of the league um with an asterisk next to the word champions um but they certainly feel like they um didn't go as well as they knew that they could uh so i I think they've got to rally that that feeling again um and remember that because that'll give them that motivation for this certainly for the start of this season um just to get rattle off that game under the belt and get some runs on the board for season 2021 and then it's Monday night again. Um, short turnaround to play play the Hawks in, a, in another home game. Yeah, interesting. You get, you get back to back home games within sort of three days. It's going to be the story of this season of uh, changes. So uh, I think the Taipans should be able to, to um, go go two wins this this weekend or Saturday Monday uh, against the Hawks. So. Um, look, they'll still be finding their feet. As I mentioned before, these new it's a whole new roster down there, really, and a whole new coaching staff. They'll certainly play with some um, some fire uh, and rally behind their new coach, Gorgian. Um, and, he'll, and he'll have some tricks up his sleeve, but that, I don't think that team will be together enough for Gorgian to really play the chess games that he does and go to all uh, his chess pieces until later on in the season. So it'll be a... They're, they're very young, very young. Yeah, yeah. So I think the Taipans should be able to um, walk away with two this this weekend. It'd be a perfect start. Let's hope it happens, Laos. Now I'm really, really pumped to be back here on another season of the Pikey and Laos show with you. Um, now, if you're tuning in as a Taipans fan um, for the first time, what can they look forward to from our show this year? What are What are we going to bring to our to our loyal loyal listeners? Well, we, we've got some exciting things planned. We, we certainly learnt a lot from last year um, and I, I enjoyed some of the interviews that we had on the show and uh, one of them being uh, former Taipan legend Ron Dorsey um, yeah, and, uh, you know, obviously we, we interviewed uh, Cody Statman's father, Cody obviously winning uh, uh, an NCAA championship ring in college, which is just, you know, it's almost unheard of, but uh, there have been a few in the past, but it's very rare. Um, so awesome to be able to interview, you know, Cody's dad and just interesting things like that. I've got Adam Caporn, head coach of uh, Mojave King, uh, in my sights and uh, caught up with him briefly uh, the other day and uh, I'll be looking to get him on for, for an interview at some stage.
anyway, so I'm really looking forward to some some key personnel sort of around um, around the, the the story of the Taipans. That's uh, that's going to bring to light, obviously, um, you know, everything that's come into place and even some history thrown in there. So I'm um, looking forward to you know connections with players and finding out their insights. But often, you know, the players have to be guarded. You know, they they have to um, you know always always be uh, they're always going to be positive, but they're they're going to be slightly guarded what they can reveal. But I, I like to get the story around how players arrived here. I like to get the story around uh, the club as well, and um, you know all the things that we enjoy today. I uh, always like to know where where they began. So um, look for things like that this season, and uh, and uh, some interaction from some of our sponsors as well as we uh, have a bit of an M- a club MVP tracker. Um, so yeah, we're looking forward to yeah, just a bit of evolution in the podcast this uh, this year round, and uh, certainly going to be a bumpy ride. Uh, I certainly think it's a it's a strap yourself in, buckle up, and and just enjoy the roller coaster because we don't know what's around the corner, do we? No, we don't. By the time we preview again, there's every chance the schedule would have changed on us. So so bear with us. Uh, we'll do we'll do the best we can to be as up to date as we can. But yeah, I'm really excited to be joined by Alex Loudon. Let's not undersell it. He is one of the all time greats that have ever played for the Cairns Taipans. So to be getting his insights here each and every week is a is a is a massive thing, and I'm proud to be part of that as well. I've I've really enjoyed my time working with the Cairns Taipans as part of a, a larger role that I have been doing for a long time now with the NBL and and being around around the league. So it's something I'm very very passionate about, and it's now going on about 16 years that I've been involved in the league now. So I was able to see all all of your career play out, and now to still stay in touch with you is a it's, it's something I'm really proud of and something I really enjoy. So I'm looking forward to going on this journey with you again this year. I'm looking forward to partnering up with our, our loyal sponsors and and hopefully giving our listeners what they want to hear. So get in touch with us through our social media channels and, and tell us what you want to hear on, on the show this, this year and we'll we'll do our best to, to bring it to you. So I can't wait now to see the type end in action starting Saturday night against the Kings, then Monday against the Hawks and... Even a couple of days later, they're back at home again with a with with, with another another game as well, which um, we'll have to see when we can come back next week and do our our next show, Lows, and how it fits with the with the fixture. But this has been a lot of fun to come back and do our first show of 2021. Yeah, so I'm really enjoying the Pikey and Lows show. So I'm Chris Pike, the one half of that. I will sign off and leave you with with Alex Loudon to give you his final thoughts. Well, the longest off-season in history. Uh, we've been waiting with bated breath uh, for the start of season 2020-21. Now it's just season 2021. So get excited, get pumped, get ready to support your Taipans. Uh, you know, we do, like I said, with a heavy heart, but with certainly fond memories uh, of Ross Moller and a huge contribution for this ball club. And I can't wait for the club to have some success. Uh, certainly in loving memory of Ross and what he was able to do for the club. So buckle up for a crazy ride for this season uh, and let's go type ends.